Hello, and thanks for joining us. Who Makes Z is a podcast of six women who talk about women's empowerment, surviving, and thriving. During this podcast, we talk about issues that are important to women. Our voices come from multiple generations. We are boomers, Generation X, and Generation Z. So let's get started. This podcast is a production of Empower Podcasting Company. Empower Podcasting offers accessible podcasting production services for nonprofit organizations and purpose-driven individuals and businesses. Starting a podcast doesn't need to be an uphill battle. Let Empower Podcasting help you make your podcast a reality. Learn more at www.empowerpodcasting.com. Vita. Hi guys, welcome, welcome. My name's Levita. Um, I'm here, I'm thriving, I'm a mother, I am a wife, I am an entrepreneur, I'm in it to win. Yeah, let's go. Well, hello everyone. Hello, hello on this beautiful evening, on this Thursday. We could be everywhere, but we're here. And my name is Donna. I am a queen, a goddess, a mother, a teacher, a friend. You need it. I'm that at that very moment. Let's get it. Hi, this is Nashe, um, also known as Nash Reese. Hi, I'm Reese. I'm a mother. I'm a sister. Um, I'm work in progress. Um, and I am happy to be here. And my name is Cecilia Ann, and I am the um, founder of Boom XZ. I'm also the executive director and founder of Start Anew. I'm part owner of Sisters Empowerment, which is the parent company of Boom XZ. And I am all women. So tonight we're going to start off talking about love. So Vita, go ahead. All right, you all, as you know, we just celebrated Valentine's. Excuse my voice. I lost my voice. I've been, uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, we are, we love to love um, in lieu of Valentine's Day. Um, I just want to go out and talk about like, so within love, what is your love language? Anyone have any, uh, what's your love language? What What is your, what is your love language? Anyone want to go ahead and talk about their love language? What's your deal breaker? And what? how do you view love? Um, me, I am very, I love, I'm a lover. I love to love. I've been married twice. This is my second marriage. I am widowed. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been married twice, but I, I am widowed and uh and love found me again my love language speaks as in um i just love to love my husband he's a great guy communication is key for me uh love is is power uh i was raised in a two-parent household so i i've always believed in marriage i believed in connection i believe in um sacrificing you know like sacrificing uh it takes two in my eyes and moving forward i just want to yeah just talk about that anyone have anything to add to that out right off that Reese, donna you ladies i know you you ladies all have been in relationships we we all talk about love we all want to be in love and you know as as growing women um you know if this this is this one picking right now as we all know um and but it's, 
it's great to love and love is is, is golden in today's age it, it seems like it's harder for when i do talk with my sisters and, and great girlfriends about you know finding their significant other or or being in that monogamous committed relationship and what does love look like to them so i mean i just wanted to to you know talk about things that you you love as or your deal breaker in your relationship or your successful relationships or was it what wasn't so successful in some of your relationships um you know like my first husband you know we we lacked communication we lacked intimacy um we were together for 12 years he was you know 10 well 13 years older than me and um you know, I think we, we just had kids, and so the kids kind of kept us together, you know, moving forward. We passed away in a car accident. And I was able to, you know, mourn that loss, and and then, you know, God seemed to get that I received, you know, my soulmate, that I, I feel like that's my soulmate. And he, he's there to help me raise my four children, and we, we got remarried. We dated uh, 20 years ago, and I reached out to him, and uh, the rest is kind of history. And I was just blessed to kind of uh, be reinvented with love and look at love differently and actually really experience true love, you know, because, like, in the beginning, like, my first husband, it was just more so like a, a partnership, a, a co-parenting thing. It was... You know, we share separate rooms. It was just, it was different. It was really different. So, and we were together for so long and I just, I, it, I got accustomed to that. So I, I guess I didn't really even experience real love. It was just more so like a partnership. So when I, I, I encountered my new relationship with my new husband, it was, it was like a breath of fresh air. You know, the communication, the ultimate love feeling, that feeling where you wake up to that person you can't go to bed without thinking about that person and that person you know it's just a team effort you guys are in it to win it together you know so that that's just you know i can't see myself without them you know and that's a great feeling for me and then like it's so hard to hear women say you know i'm single or i you know screw a man i don't want to be in a relationship and all that and i'm just like i don't i don't have that man i guess i never had that mentality it's just I always felt like um, it takes it takes two, you know. So I don't know. That's all I have to add right now. If somebody want to jump in, talk about some of their relationship goals or things they experience in relationship, or how they even view relationships nowadays. I know it's it's a bit it's a bit touchy subject right now, you know. Meaning that it's a lot of single women right now. It's a lot of single men, and then you know, right now today, people aren't in thinking about even monogamous relationships. It's it's more so of uh even in older ages you know i have a twin sister she's 41 you know she's she's it, it's just really hard for all ages to kind of get into that that mindset of that committed relationship and and what they look for and what they want out of a relationship so yeah reese what, what do you have to add reese well for me um i can say can you guys hear me yes ma'am y'all yeah, okay quick. okay great for me, what I can say to a certain extent, you know, through majority of my life, you know, to me, I would say love is complicated. You know, it was complicated for me. I can't speak for everybody else, you know, um, 
but it, it was it was most definitely com- complicated for me and that I'm still yet learning, you know, um, about love and things like that and to know the difference between love and 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 lust and and you know all the other different um fashions that people have if i use the right word um or ways of their expressing how they love a person you know because love it, it could be it could mean many different things you know um people you know can show it through they you know by saying it or showing it through their actions um but I think for everybody, it would be different. You know, everybody probably would view love on different levels and different realms. And, you know, it, it, it honestly, I feel that it don't have to be complicated. I feel that it could be something so very beautiful if it's, you know, two people that are on the same level, on the same page, going in the same direction, you know, with the same mindset, same ideas in and I think with that, it'll it could be something that's that's that could be so wonderful and amazing and beautiful, but again, it has to be you know, both partners, you know, um, my relationships haven't been all that perfect, and it hasn't, you know, been peaches and cream and 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 walks through the parks and beautiful walks along the beach and all this other kind of stuff. I mean, it has its good days and it has its bad days, you know. But to be able to experience that real genuine love. It, it to me, the only way that you can I honestly feel that you can experience this is through God because He is the ultimate love, the 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 number one love there is, and it's I don't think that there's nothing that compared to that. I mean, you know, maybe you know the mother with their kids, and you know the kids with their mother. That's a, that's an ultimate love, you know. Um, it's pure and it's genuine. Um, and I, the reason I use God as, as love, because it's an unconditional, you know, it, it doesn't matter what you look like, what you sound like, what you wear, you know, what you, how you live. It's not, it's not judgmental. And to me, that is like the most beautiful, ultimate love there is. It's, and, and you can't really, honestly, you know, put your whole, put your mind around it. You, it, It's so deep. It, I, I, I can't even find words to put, you know, use because it's, 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 I'm sure it's beautiful and it's amazing. And I can't say that nobody on this earth ever experienced that feeling. And they probably have, I don't know, but I know from my mind and in my world that it's something that's so beautiful that I don't think that nobody could probably even maybe even put into words touch um speak on i mean it's that's just that's just my my input on it you know um if anybody else you know feel any you know want to add to it or put their pieces into that would be that would be great um i think i do agree with you i there are because love is um there in the English language in America, English language, we one love is only one word for us, and it means everything. I love bananas. I love my kids. I love my husband. Everything is I love whatever I love. But in other languages, like eros is the passionate love and agape love, like you just talked about, is the unconditional God, love that God gives to us. And um, 
I am one of those people that I actually am totally good being single right now because I needed to learn how to love me, my own self first. I can't, I don't feel, or I didn't feel, I don't feel right now that I can love somebody or be in that relationship when I'm not sure about who I am. I'm just discovering who I am. I'm somebody's mother. I'm a businesswoman. I now have grandchildren. Um, and I was married before. Uh, I'm not married anymore. I'm not in any committed relationships right now because for me right now, I love me and I'm working on building things that I want to have. And do I want to be alone forever? Absolutely not. But right now I'm not ready to be committed to anyone but myself because I've given all of me so many years that now it's time for me to give to myself. And what's my perfect, the perfect mate does not exist. I saw that in my Bible study yesterday or Tuesday. And it said that if you're looking for somebody perfect, you're not going to find that because you're not perfect. So why are you looking for something that you're not your own self? So I um, I do have this idea of what it should be like, um, but that's for me. But for my deal breakers are I don't. I, re- I will not tolerate lying because you take my choices away from me. If you're a cheater, just tell the truth. I might stick around. Who knows? I may not stick around. But don't take my choices from me. And my other deal breaker is I am not your entertainment. I will not deal with somebody that doesn't have anything to do. If you have nothing to do except you want to, I'm retired, I'm happily retired, and I want to cuddle and do this and that, I'm not that person for you because... I'm active, I do things, and I definitely know that I need somebody that's doing something also. And then when we come together, it's he and I. And um, I love my kids. I love my grandchildren. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's laughing. But yeah, that's um, those um, different aspects of love. What's the perfect relationship? I'm like, I think personally, and I don't know, I'm not in everybody's relationship, but I think if somebody says they're having the perfect relationship, I guess that's their reality. Because if you're not arguing or if you can't argue or disagree with one another to disagree, and if you're with someone that agrees with everything you say, then that's your reality. That's not a reality that I want to be in. I'm like, if I'm not, if I'm not, if I burnt the toast, tell me I burnt the toast. If um, I didn't cook or I don't cook a certain way, then let me know. But don't, uh, don't lie and say that it's cool or that we're having the perfect relationship because if we're growing, everything is not going to be a-okay all of the time, but it's not going to be a bad disagreement. It's not going to be any violence. I've been in violent relationships. It's not going to be any of that. It's going to be where we're talking about it and, hey, I don't agree with you. Healthy communication. Yeah, healthy communication. So that would probably be my idea of the perfect relationship would be healthy communication and good sex. All right, now tell me how you really feel. Well, there's no need to lie. I mean, so many people are. Well, like, that, I mean, that's the you know, authenticity. Yeah, of, uh, to exactly. Love. You know, for me, when um she was talking about love is, um, well, I'll just use the form. Love can be tricky. To me, love is a choice. Exactly. And I, I also believe that 
um, when she spoke about God, the true agape love, I feel like when you find yourself, when you find God within you, you find love. Love is everlasting. God is an everlasting God. You find a different mental set that you have. As you find the, um, you can be selfish, selfless too. You find when you matter first, when you don't have to put someone's feelings before yours, you feel that once you are able to really love you, then you can receive love. I had to change the mindset of me. I used to always say, oh, I'm looking for love. I'm not looking for love because I never I, I never lost it. Why am I looking for something I never lost? You know what I'm saying? And then like, I'm no longer looking for love because I am love. I'm and Now I'm going to be in a on the mindset of looking to receive love. Can I receive love? Or am I just still in that headspace of just Donna, 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 not just on the grind, making money, being a mom, entrepreneur. Do I need that extra cup in my life? And if I do, am I going to tip it over or is it going to overflow me in my life? And I still have a balance. I'm still centered. So it's a choice. You know, when you're honest with yourself, that's part of love. That's just like you have them high, you know, how you have that different type of love for your female friends or your guy friends, your family, your, your children. There's so many different layers to love, but there's also so many different levels to love, you know? And so when I, when I just hear love, it just puts me in a mindset of love as a behavior that is consistent. That's, am I consistent in this? If you get up at, you got to go to work at seven o'clock, whether you love it or not, you getting up, preparing yourself to go to that job, you know, so you be able to go do the things that you love to do. You know, it's a process. Love is a process. Love is work, you know, but still supposed to have some type of sense of peace and balance to it all. That's what I view love to be for me. Um, Love to me is multiple things from feelings to actions um and there's so many different types like you guys already said <laughs> um i kind of agree with celia i'm okay with being single for right now i'm 22 i've been in relationships since i was like 15 i've been in i've, I've loved i've been in love i i <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay with being single my kids are really young I have a three-year-old and a six-month-old and honestly I'm even too scared to even let somebody else in to my circle and around me and my kids so I think I'm okay with focusing on myself you know when you're in love and in a relationship you know, when you hear stuff like this, you probably are wondering, like, why don't she want to be in a relationship? But um, it's just some people are content with being single. And I think I agree with uh, Cecilia. You do need to be happy with yourself and love yourself before you try to give love to another person. And so, yeah, um, I have a lot of deal breakers, though. And it's funny, I was just on Twitter earlier and I seen something how a man was saying that um women love their kids unconditionally but they don't love their men unconditionally and it's like that's a deal breaker for me because you want to be in competition and I don't understand it I feel like a lot of days these men are super sassy and they're like real girly and stuff like put your big boy pants on like you can't even coordinate a date but you want to have sex though so yeah that's a deal breaker um 
cheating, lying. And I feel like lying, you kind of are insulting me and my intelligence, as it's a, a phrase I've been hearing since I've been a teenager. You're like a, insulting me and my intelligence. Um, you having no goals or ambition is a deal breaker. Because um, I just, I can't, I don't even want to go on the 50-50 topic, but I don't want to be with someone if I have to pull all the weight in the relationship and you're giving me 20%. I don't want to do the 80 and you're giving me 20. So, yeah. Um, but I do love black love. Like, you know, a few, um, my grandma and my grandpa, Betty and Rufus, they've been together for about 40-something years since I was even thought of. Um <laughs> There's a lot of uh, black couples who've been together for a long time. Um, Tamia Grant Hill, they've been together for a long time. Um, Angela Bassett and her husband Vance, or whatever his name is. Courtney Vance. Oh, Courtney Vance, my bad. <laughs> they've been together for a long time. So you know, I love black love. I love love in general, but I really love black love just because it's in my community and I can relate to it a little bit. So yeah, you know, maybe when I'm 28, I'll probably be married by then and settle down. But I'm just chilling until then because I love my kids and they love me. And that's all the love I need right now. And for my mom. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And speaking of those power couples or couples, period, Black <laughs> love couples. I know this is a little old topic, but I just heard about this and it is old, but it's not old to me. Um Going back to Will Smith at the Academy or the That's an interesting couple. Yeah, well, I'm not to talk about him as a couple, but for him, the slap, the um they acted like it was one of the worst things that had ever happened at the Oscars. And there's probably been things we've never heard of because I truly never heard of this. In nineteen seventy-three, Marlon Brando, he refused. He was uh he's dead, but he was um We'll say an American actor, and um, he refused his Oscar in 1973 because he felt that the um, they weren't um, diverse and inclusive, and he didn't like the way they treated Native Americans. So when he went to refuse the um, Oscar, he sent Shasheen Little Fe Little Feather in his place to and to give his speech as well, and his she wasn't. Apache activists and actors who refused to accept the best, best Oscar award on behalf of Marlon Brando at the Oscars. And so when she came in, she came in wearing her full regalia and there were jeers on stage in the act that underscored her, her, well, the way she was criticizing um, the Oscars. But it was said that John Wayne, who is... Um, Lots of older people like John Wayne, and I mean, I'm not saying John Wayne wasn't a good actor or anything, but he, um, they, she said that it took six security to hold John Wayne so that he would not come up on the stage and attack her. And then when I was looking at it today, they said that it's not, it can't be confirmed, but, and then also Clint Eastwood made some derogatory remarks like, um, well, what about the the white the well he didn't call them white people but what about the white people that were killed in the um cowboy and indian movies so you know show some intelligence for clint eastwood but um actually after well right before she passed away because she died last year 
of the the Oscars apologized to her. So if I'm like, so if that's not what happened, why would you even apologize to her? So it's just saying that also the articles went on to say that the Oscars have never been diverse and inclusive because they didn't even nominate for the um the movie The Woman King that it didn't even get a nomination for the Oscars. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. Did you guys see that? When I sent it to you, nobody saw it. Okay, so anyway, while I was there, while I was down in Memphis exploring everything and just happened to see those things, um, I was also, I went to the Lorraine Museum, which um, is, um, or the Lorraine Hotel, which is now the um, Civil Rights Museum. And there was a lady out there and she was pretty interesting because she had a um, a sign on her table and it said that this is a tribute to um, James Earl Ray instead of Martin Luther King, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And so I, I saw it and I thought, you know, I said the homeless lady got these signs on her little bench and whatnot. And so I was going to walk by her and then she stopped me and she we started talking and her name is Jacqueline Smith and she has a nonprofit and everything, but she said, I, you probably think that I'm homeless. And I, well, it was what was crossing my mind and actually she wasn't homeless, but she brought up some things and I know this is still black history month and she brought up some things about why actually, why was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. in Memphis in the first place? And it was to, um, support the sanitation workers, 1,300 striking sanitation workers. They were on strike. They wanted more money, but also three workers had been killed during while, while working for the city. And most of the workers were making 65 cents an hour. And that was such a low wage that they could have actually been on food stamps and um, welfare. And then um, the two men, a Cole Cole and Robert Walker, were killed while on the job. Cole and Walker had taken shelter from the rain in the back of their truck when it malfunctioned and both men were crushed to death. So it sparked a lot of outrage and a lot of things. So it actually also, Dr. King was building the Poor People's Campaign to advocate for underprivileged Americans of diverse races. And so the sanitation workers movement was one that was, it linked it in. But Fast forwarding, Miss Smith, Miss Smith, she um began to tell me about Dr. King would not have wanted that, you know, a lot of the money going into the Civil Rights Museum, she said he would not have wanted that because he was more about getting the safety and the more or more wages for the sanitation workers. And so she fast forwarded today. And she began to tell me about um FedEx. And I didn't know that either, but she said that in, uh, FedEx supported for Dr. King's birthday, this past birthday that just passed, that FedEx had a day where they let all the people, well, they paid for people to come into the museum, but she said that it's kind of a parallel that FedEx has lost several deaths, have, several people have died at that hub in FedEx in um, Memphis as well and they're for the unsafe working conditions they had a 23 year old died dante young and then there was another woman that died somebody died in um 
December of this past year, but another lady died. She had a forklift operator, a forklift light um, accident. And they said there have also been multiple injuries. And so Ms. Smith said that actually FedEx should, as opposed to trying to put in money into a museum that is um, where they're getting their, they're making the donation, but it's a tax write-off that they should probably follow Dr. King's legacy and go on to make the working conditions safer for the workers at FedEx and not just the one in Memphis. Well, I just want to talk about going back to the Will Smith thing. I think that we as Black women, we need to be protected. And that was justified. He felt like he needed to protect his wife. And for them to make it such a big deal, it was it was almost like um, they made it a super big deal. He lost so many contracts and movies and things of that nature. And we should be protected. If, if my husband see another man joking and see that I'm feeling some type of way. I, I want him to say something to that man because I can't I can't direct him, you know. I'm not gonna say anything to him. So I really feel that it was justified and I feel like, you know, moving forward, that's what us we we as black women, we do get the short end of the stick. And for a black man to actually step up and and value us and feel like he, his wife was disrespected, he should have said something. So that was just my whole viewpoint on um, moving forward with love. You know, that that's that's a love language. You know, he he felt like his wife felt was disrespected, and he said something about it. I mean, moving forward, like slapping him. I don't know about well, you know, put put hands on the motherfucker if I feel like I'm being disrespected. But you know. Yeah, that's all I have to say about the Will Smith thing. I didn't really uh, go into the Martin Luther King thing. I didn't look at all that, but I did want to say something about that. I think, well, I mean, for just to, for it to show that, because I'm, I had really totally bypassed the slap thing, but for it to be brought out that the Oscars have been doing this, they, they didn't never, they if you wouldn't have, if we didn't have the internet today, we would have never known that John Wayne wanted to attack the woman, whether, you know, she said that that's what happened. I wasn't there and John Wayne's not here and neither is she, but just to show that how you treated her and was this man, what if he actually, what if the security wouldn't have held him? What, what was he actually going to do to her? And was it going to be okay? And then Will Smith turns around and he's barred for 10 years. And they're, they're basically saying that you can't even really prove that John Wayne did it. It's just her word. But also, like I said, the Oxters did apologize to her. And right before she died, and she died last year. This happened in 1973. So there's probably a lot of validity to it. And just because two white men that are were icons in Hollywood to their their actions are worse than, and I'm not saying it's good to put your hands on anybody, but is that not worse than a slap? It's like, it is a slap in the face. It just wasn't a physical slap. So you basically slapped her in her face. You just didn't put your hands on her. I mean, the Oscars is whitewashed though. So I'm not surprised that nobody heard about this incident until... Will Smith um, slapped Chris Rock, so. True. Yeah. Um, 
And speaking of Will Smith, I did see his new movie. You know, they're trying to blackball him. And, you know, I'm so pro-black. I will watch anything Will Smith puts out. So they can blackball him all he wants to. But his new movie was really, really good. Um, I think Reese saw it, too. His new movie was based on a true... Well, I'm pretty sure some of the events were um, dramatized. But uh, it was based on a true story. If you've ever seen the picture... Um, that one black slave um it's going around where he has like a whole bunch of whips whip scarring on his back it was based off of him and he mm. ended up escaping and joining the uh the union hmm. what's the movie called emancipation and it was a different type of slave movie like will smith was giving them white uh, slave catchers the business he was outsmarting them uh one of them was like how does a how does a black dude get so a black slave get so smart and the other dude was like because they're adapting and learning like yeah so it was a really good movie if you guys have a chance it's on apple tv and if you have apple any apple products i'm pretty sure apple tv is free for you because it's free for me and it's been free for me since it came out (laughs) oh shit (laughs) Um, Peter, his name was Peter in the movie. Yeah, his name was Peter. Peter, which Peter it was, but that's his name. But it's based on the original, if you ever seen it. The The runaway slave forges through the swamps Mm -hmm. of Louisiana on a journey to escape plantation owners that nearly killed him, which is probably what happened to a lot of people that were enslaved. I I saw the movie. It was was a brilliant movie. It showed Black love in the essence. Um, He was trying to get back to his wife as well. Um, His children. His children, yeah. And that that goes with the importance of, you know, family. And he did everything in his power. And at the end, he he reunited with his children and his wife. And it was almost like it was a tearjerker because things like that really does happen. And it did happen, you know families were just split apart like it was just nobody's business so for him to to be so successful he ended up joining you know the army and and he made his way back to his wife and children and yeah it was brilliant you're absolutely right Najee. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I might even watch it a second time just because it was just such a good movie I could too and honestly um I think I cried at the end of it, but I, I cried too. I had a tearjerker. Ever since I had a baby, it's like my Your emotions. Baby. No, with Cardi, <laughs> ever since I had the first baby, mm. I cannot control my emotions. Mm. Like when random people die in a movie, it, it's so sad to me for some reason that I have to cry about it every time. Mm. Even shows I've already watched. I think I only cry at some lately. I don't know. Maybe you're right. I've been crying a lot in some movies, too, but I don't know. <laughs> they probably remind me of someone. So, um, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't say reminds me of someone. I think that my empathy <laughs> radar just expanded well, like completely. That's good um, to know. <laughs> which is really, another sad thing is um, Tyree Nichols. Yeah, that is actually the um, black guy who was beat to death in memphis which is like a modern rodney king i would say um with in the memphis police office is like clearing officers out after this like seven or eight officers were fired 
people. People are trying to appeal it, but they fired a lot of people. I was there for that, and um, a lot of people texted and emailed me like, "Be safe, be safe." And I, you know, I I was driving down there that day, and I I don't watch too much news, and I was hardly aware that that was about to happen until people started texting that they were going to release the video. But I will say this: that Memphis handled it pretty well because the next day we wanted to go to T-Mobile me and um, my grandchildren wanted to go to T-Mobile so I said well we need to call them and see if they're open and so I called and they were like well why wouldn't we be open and then I said to myself indeed why would you guys not be open this is not Minnesota where like everything was shut down so it was um it was interesting to talk to the people about you know about that situation down there when it occurred but I um, think that a lot of people, I heard a lot of people say that um, if he would have been, if the officers would have been white, they wouldn't have been arrested as quick. And so, I, yeah, that one was, it was different for me to hear that because his mother did get on and ask for peaceful protests, but also the fact that as a mother if something were to happen to one of my kids even when one of my sons were shot that i'm like that's not gonna be my thought on the matter and um one of his brother actually said that he hopes something that they die or get killed or something like that so i thought that you know i wanted to know what you guys what do y'all think about that well i doubt that I'm actually happy that the officers were arrested. They need to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Um, I'm sure, well, let's not say that. I wouldn't say that if they were white, they probably wouldn't have been arrested and charged as quick because they were black. But, um, you know, George Floyd got justice, so however long it took, they're behind bars. So um, I don't really think, the. I don't well, like you said, I don't think the, mom and the dad are really too worried about if it was a black officer or just a white officer i'm pretty sure that they just want justice for their child um it just kind of feels like black officers well i wouldn't say black officers i just feel like police officers in general have this idea that they just deserve respect off the back that they have a badge and that automatically means that you need to yes sir the no, color of blue yeah the, the color, color of blue, blue that um, they just deserve some type of respect. And I think it's even more interesting when officers come from far out cities, like they have to drive an hour or 40 minutes just to come into work to police in cities that they don't even care about. So I think that police officers should, you know, feel like they have too much chip on their dip and that they need to <laughs> police neighborhoods that they're actually from and that they grew up in and that you care about. You can't just come into a neighborhood and demand respect from people that you really don't care if they make it or not. Hmm. Anybody else That's have why any the thoughts? The got fired, though, too, though. Yeah, they did. A lot of people got fired. Hmm. Anybody else have any thoughts on that? Thoughts on what? Can you repeat that again, please, sweetie? Um, the black officers that, um, the five black officers that were arrested for Tyree Nichols' death. Oh, that, that was, that was so tragic. That was, that was, oh. I don't even know what to say on that one. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so 
So I looked at this other story and then it says, well, it's titled when black police officers kill a black man, that's white supremacy. So I read a couple articles and one of them, the lady, she, um, she's, she talks about, uh, police officers are trained. They're trained, whatever color they are, they're trained the same. So why would you think that a black police officer's thoughts would be any different than any other police officer's thoughts? So, and which I, you know, I, I don't know what, I, I don't know what I thought about that one either, but I just was, you know, surprised that, well, I mean, I expected people to say that if they would have been white, they wouldn't have went to jail so fast or whatever. But at the end of the day, we're also forgetting the fact that that is somebody's son. They're somebody's sons also. So there's going to be a lot of victims in this situation. And they probably have some, they were young because I looked at their pictures and whatnot, but their kids are going to be affected. Their, if they were married, their wives, their families, everybody's going to be affected by the actions, not just um, the young man that died, not just Tyree's death, but all all the people, those officers, their their families are um, impacted as well right now. Well, I did uh, read a little bit about it, and it was almost like they were insinuating that it was a motive-driven incident. So one of the officers supposedly quoted that, uh, in quote, that Tyree, Nick, that he was dating one of the officer's ex-girlfriends. Tyree Nichols was dating one of the ex-officer's girlfriends. I don't know how true that was, but I did read something like that. So it was like a motive. So they're trying to justify, like they're putting in, in the media that it was almost like a, a retaliation or like a, a some, something of that nature. So that, I don't know why they threw that in there. Um, it just all seemed kind of motive in a sense. It's like they, they kind of, I, it just it's just a lot so i'm still reading about it um but i did hear that it was a motive driven is what they're trying to quote and say from one of the officers i don't know if anyone else heard that yeah i did that's what was said you know that it was supposedly somebody's baby mama or or some wife or somebody that he, Ty, tyree was messing with or something and the officer didn't like it and um, after he beat him up really bad, took a picture of him and sent it to her so that she can see what what he and they had done to this person because of it. Well, that sounds like a crazy story because the other four officers that helped, because that wasn't, it was, that video was like, wow. I'd watched a little bit of it because, like I said, I was there and I watched a little bit of it, but I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Five of y'all literally jumped this boy because, first of all, he ran. He ran at first, but um, when you caught him, I mean, they had pictures of people, those officers stomping him and everything, and then they showed the pictures of him in the hospital. So that's... um. For them to say that well, if he was dating one of the officers, and I don't know if he was dating somebody's ex-girlfriend. Now, why did the other four get in, involved in that? That's yeah, that's um wow, that's a wild moment. But one of the things that I also read, and this is an opinion story, he's an opinion editor, Jarvis DeBerry. He says the black on black violence that keeps the Blue Lives Matter crowd extra quiet because. Blue Lives Matter, most officers 
usually do stick with things. There was the movie, that old movie, Boys in the Hood. And the, um, if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw that movie with Ice Cube and um, Cuba Gooding Jr. in it back in the day. And um, the officer after um, the brother, wait, is it before the brother got killed or after that they were riding and the police pulled them over and the black officer jumped out and put a gun up to the brother's head and the white officer was standing to the side but the black officer had a gun to his head and talk about i'll kill you right now da, 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 da. and um and the only thing that saved him was that some there was another call and they had to leave but um even in that movie and then i heard that there was some of those songs like ice cube and them guys used to sing about the police um the police period the blue police it did not matter what color the police were they were just um people that were abusive to the other people but the code of blue i i'm just wondering for me i'm just wondering is it stronger than um stronger than that code stronger than being a black person not abusing another person so quick question mm -hmm. whether it's black or white how, how do you honestly view it if there's no color at all if if there was supposed to be any punishment it should have been the same for both genders and colors what's your take on that your own individual take well my take is i agree with Najee. i don't care what day you got arrested you needed to be arrested whether whatever color you were because that beating that they gave to him was totally just uncalled for so i don't if it was whatever color the police were that i personally if it were me and i as the mother of that of tyree i want those people arrested like yesterday the day they put their hands on my son i want them arrested but the there's a process also be a problem though too because brianna taylor the officer who shot her he's not being prosecuted at all um what you remember that boy who died you know amir Amir Locke? Yes. Uh, earlier, what was it, last year, I want to say, in Minnesota, they weren't mm -hmm. even looking, they were in the wrong, they weren't even looking yeah, for Yeah, they were in the wrong apartment. Well, they weren't, they, yeah, that one right there, because we know his family, so I'm that one not, was, I haven't that heard anything about the officer being prosecuted or anything. They're not going to be prosecuted. I saw the story. And they're not going to be prosecuted. I'm not surprised, though. I think police get can get away with a lot of things, even if, I mean, it's not real life, but if you watch a lot of movies, the police officers, they literally have, they will cover for each other. So it's yeah. the blue over the blue code. Remember when we went to see that at the movies, Reese? Did you go with us? Black and blue. Black and blue when we went to see that? I've seen it. Yeah, I took you. <laughs> no, I didn't see it in the movie theater. Yeah, we did. We saw it. We had oh, premiere tickets to see it with the girl. Reese, did you, re did you go with us to see that? But Can you repeat that, sweetie? <laughs> <laughs> Did you go with us when we went to see Colt? What was it? Black and blue. You black know, and the, blue. Uh, black female officer. No, I missed that one. I missed that one. And she went to, she seen the fellow officers doing some shady stuff. But I think it was they killed a man. Oh, they killed a man. They killed and she them. seen it. And they were out to get her. No, I missed that one. If you find it, you should watch it. It's yeah, that was thing. a good movie with Tyrese. Um, it's just that. 
I didn't, well, when I saw the movie, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, there's a movie, but now to, for it to have happened and to start reading about this code that the police have, so yeah, Donna, in order, like your question, I, I don't think it should matter, it's for me as somebody's mom, because when my son got shot, <laughs> he got shot by a black person, and I'm like, um, the rage that I felt and some days that rage still comes back where, oh, I want to kill him, kill him, kill him. And then I'm, but also the days that I probably pray about it, it's like, okay, God says vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord. But it's like, are you freaking kidding me? And that we as people, our kids are out here running around wherever they got guns from is totally beyond me. But they're out here and they don't have any regard for life. They, especially not the people that are the same color as them, they have no regards for that. And then when the community, we get enraged by things like Tyrese, we get enraged by George Floyd, we get enraged by so many things until where are we desensitized when it's our own kids in the community killing other, they're running around, there's people are shot in drive-bys and whatnot. And it does become the same, we're the same color, but we're out here killing each other. So are we desensitized? My daughter says it's because we all live in the same community and people commit crimes against those that are in their community. A proximity. Crime. A proximity crime of convenience. Um, do, um, what what do we do? Well, I think people try to use race on race crime, and I think they just want to exaggerate things because majority of white people are killed by other white people. Majority of Mexicans are killed by other Mexicans. So of course, black people would majority of black people would be killed by other black people. Even as a black woman, if I die it's most likely my spouse who killed me. And whoever my spouse is, is probably a black man. If well, a white woman dies, they're going to look into her uh, ex-boyfriend, like, you know, the girl who went missing and ended up dead, Gabby, somebody, her white boyfriend did it. I don't think oh, it yeah. had anything to yeah. do. I, these are just, like, statistical things, you know. Um, which, and I guess you can say uh, more white people die by the hands of off, uh, officers, too, but you know, I did read that too. White people make up most of the. Uh, Don't say the population because that just amazes me. That they do. I think that they only make up because so, me and somebody had this conversation the other day that they mostly make up the the majority when you're separating the colors. But when you go like BIPOC, that I'm like it's three fourths of the population well, is colored. Of you know, they're races not aren't uncolored really because there are white Hispanics too, though. I mean, I, I I feel like it has to do with power opposed to color, yeah. you know, and, and people and, and money and power and titles and all that. I yeah. feel like all that plays a part in all that. There's no way that they killed that man just like that. He was just a photographer, you know. There's something vital that he had. And, you know, they got the top-notch guys that didn't care to do some dirty work. I feel like there was a lot more behind the scenes that we don't know. You know, I, I really feel like it's about power. You know, they tuck everything and they strip us. And, and then when it comes to police, okay, what rank were you in the, in the, in the force? It was easier for to let them forego opposed to ones that, you know, right. feel like this, they're more liable with them. I think that's all a whole 
charade there. That's that's crazy to me how that, that man died like that. The youngest one was 24, and I think the oldest one was maybe 34. Because they, well, I, they had the pictures and everything. I was like, Jesus, are you kidding me? These are young people out here and young police officers. So it's like, but I read another article that the anger that's built up in black men just probably came out that day. And I'm like, okay, wow. But yeah, like you said, it's to me, it's about power too, that I can do this to you. And and I'm a power hungry person. So I'm, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Try to, you know, it's about people exerting their power and their authority over someone. And maybe they were, and we really aren't going to know. They're not going to tell us right now, but maybe they were mad because they had to chase him. But yeah, it's, it's tragic what all the way around the board, because that hurt his family, the, uh, the young man's family, it hurt the police officer's family, like I said, and it hurt the community. And the community, when people stop saying that the community is these this um, radius of a number of blocks, your community is so much bigger than that. It's Black people. What's our community? Where does our community stop and where does it begin? Because uh, Vita's down in... Um, down south and we're up north and she's still part of our community so if somebody in the community is hurting then we're all hurting now we really all are hurting because now we're everybody has a different opinion and a different view on how this went down and it's they're trying to get us or they did this to us so long that you know but missing the whole fact that that lady's son is dead and yeah. that family is sad it's just they're just i just get sick and tired of watching or reading a, a news about our culture and then just how we it just makes us look so dumb and weak like you know we're only a bad side and we're actually a very powerful union you know i just hate that they went down like that. That's just sad to me. That stripped a lot of people's lives in the blink of an eye. You know, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. But um, hmm, on the brighter side, so um, how was you guys' this Valentine's Day or Single Awareness Day? Mine was nice. I got roses. Two bouquets <laughs> of roses. Went out to dinner. I got the chocolate strawberry, strawberries or whatever and the right. candy grapes um a few gifts and some money so mine was nice and i'm still single so <laughs> <laughs> that don't mean you can't get gifts that does not right. mean that okay that's a love language. that means that you have a lot of room for a lot of gifts thank you very much yeah, gift giving is a love language of mine i love gifts oh yeah I just loved all my my children, my boys. I went out to get their game because one of them left it on a bus or whatever. So, and we just moved and everything like that. So when I just did that, because I originally wanted to go get them some shoes, whatever. And I was like, no. And then I was just showing what love looked like, you know, to my mm -hmm. boys and everything like that. And, you know, even through our, our situation, we still loved on each other. So it was really nice. I really Girl, I'm going to call you. I know I ain't called you and chatted in a long time, but well, I just <laughs> am everywhere. It's like super busy continuously. And that's probably why, well, Valentine's Day, I guess I loved on the grandchildren because I was with them. But um, 
Najee's baby's father, he um he gave sure. me two roses too. So um, yeah, that was nice. Otherwise, because I said to Najee, "What are you getting me?" She said, "I'm not dating you." I said, "Okay." <laughs> but, but I was just playing. Her birthday is next month. Like, and then Mother's Day too. Like, I just and Christmas just passed. Y'all don't know Najee. The fact that I was able to give love. That's a baller, y'all. I don't don't even call it Valentine's Day. I call it Extended Love Day. That's what it is. Girl, I call it Happy Single Awareness Day. But nah, we was in Marshall's house. Wow. Well, yeah, because (laughs) because Valentine's Day is it's like showing us that are not with someone that okay, we don't got no value on this day. But that's a choice, though. Right. That yeah, being single is a choice. They don't take themselves out on Valentine's Day. That's a man-made day. I wanted to do that. I wanted to do that, but somebody (laughs) wanted me to babysit. I was going to invite some girlfriends out. You make it seem like it's a reevaluation day. Exactly. Valentine's Day is like okay, we can be like, oh wait, why is my life like this? Hold on, let me do some inventory. (laughs) Valentine's Day. That is not how this should go. It's a, a extended love. <laughs> love on yourself, man. Hey, whatever that exactly. looks like, that's what it's gonna be. Well, so I went and bought me some polo boots from TS9. You loved on you. Look at that. Girl, I was like, hmm, I ain't bought no boots in a long time. And I think I hope that the black pants that I bought are at your house because they are not in my bag. If that lady charged me for pants and I don't have them, I gotta go back to that store. And how, and how did it make you feel buying them boots? Girl. Well, you know what? When I went in there, I said I was going to buy them. And then I was like, girl, no, you're trying to go to Mexico. And I said, yeah. But then I said, you know what? The sale was so good. I was like, I'm getting these boots. So. See? Look at you. Girl, I love them. <laughs> yeah, I love them. Yeah, that day. That's yeah, crazy. I chose me. Lately, like I said, you learning to love them. Choosing me a lot of days. You got you got love on you. Yeah. You deserve it. Absolutely. You, you work hard. Girl, super hard, super, super hard. I'm like, but I'm building an empire. Hey, speaking of that, when are we supposed to be having a, a trip? A love trip or something? Uh, you know what? There's somebody called today and asked me about this thing, and I don't know if we don't go far. If we went to Branson, Missouri, they got this little resort there that is like pretty cool. I went there a couple of years ago, and it's nice. But yeah, we should um make plans for that. <laughs> Unless you want to go to Mexico with me next month. <laughs> next month yeah girl is that at the end of the month towards the end after st patrick's day oh. Reese, how was your valentine's day that's okay. it was all right it was all right it could have been better but i ain't gonna complain <laughs> <laughs> you already did though <laughs> i'm done i'm so done so um yeah so next week i next time we get together for this show you guys we're gonna i want you guys to um let's do some questions what women talk about let's do some questions i was listening to quake's house today and they said this question i was like i'm still in that question (laughs) so let's do some questions next time i mean we can discuss i like that idea i'm with it yeah let's do some questions okay talk about vita you still here Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I'm definitely here. Are you gonna tell us how your Valentine's Day went? Oh, it was it was awesome. It was really really good. Um, my husband and my son went out and got me flowers and balloons for all the girls because it's four of us, so they got each of us balloons and flowers and candy. 
And then my husband bought me some diamond earrings and some new charms for my Pandora bracelet. He took me out for breakfast and uh, gave me a massage later on that night. And then I took him for a couple's massage that afternoon. So it was nice. It was relaxing. Um, I did feel the love. Uh, I love. I don't really like chocolate that much, but I had a shit ton of chocolate. Uh, it was nice. I ended up working that night too. Went in, made a little bit of money, and yeah, it was nice. I can't. I can't complain. It was. It was. It was good. I really did. So I do want to tell you guys that because I know we're running out of time here that um we got a uh, website up and um, Boom XZ is on that website. So I'm going to send it to you guys, but you can always look at our website at sisters-empowered.com and then Boom XZ is on that website also. And then we always got to thank um, Michael from, I want to say Mid-America, but thanks. We appreciate you and we'll see you guys soon.